Hello beautiful and welcome to Finding Fertility. I'm your host Monica Cox from FindingFertility.co and I created this podcast to help get you to start thinking outside of the box and realize that your infertility might have nothing to do with your lady bits. Rooted in functional medicine and personal experience, finding fertility is all about looking at the whole body and finding the root cause of your infertility. Finding fertility does not diagnose, prescribe, or treat any issues of infertility, but what we do is take a holistic approach and improve your diet and your lifestyle to get you steps closer to creating your dream family. Just by being here with me, listening to this podcast, you're already going down the right path to making your dreams come true. Let's do this together. Happy Friday, y'all. Welcome back to another episode of Finding Fertility. I'm your host, Monica Cox, and I am super grateful that you are spending time here with me on your journey to becoming the conscious mama you were born to be. Today, we have another amazing podcast discovery call. I'm super excited for this one once again. And remember, if you would like your own personal podcast discovery call, if I can spit it out, uh, the link is in the bio to book whenever you want or make sure you're on the email list um, when the email comes time to call out for free ones, the podcast ones, like the ones you're hearing right now. So without further ado, let's get to today's episode. Thank you so much for volunteering to do these live. I know it can be a little bit daunting. Um, but yeah, it's a great opportunity for you to kind of get some missing pieces in your journey and, um, see exactly where you need to focus, right? Like sometimes it's so overwhelming, isn't it? Like, what do I have to actually do? So this is what the discovery calls are all about. Just to really like see the blind spots and see where you need to go. Sure. I think that's great. And I appreciate the opportunity. So thank you very much. Yeah, my pleasure. Well, yeah, so I usually start with, um, you know, you getting um, or you telling me kind of just about your fertility journey, um, where you are, what you've done, where do you want to go type of thing. So I am, I'm 34 years old. And even when I was under pediatric care, she thought I might have some symptoms of PCOS. I hadn't started my period until um, she gave me a thing, a, a, a round of Provera to start it, and it was horrible. You know, it was just, it was not a fun time when you're a senior in high school and you've been out of school for three days because your period is so bad. Like, it was just crazy. So um, I uh, went to college and, you know, I was on birth control. That was the first, you know, method of trying to, quote unquote, fix this, which we know birth control is nothing but a band-aid. It doesn't actually help anything, in my opinion, at least. And so... Went through college, um, still on birth control. I ended up getting married about 11 years ago and was on birth control for the first year or two of our marriage. And then we thought, okay, you know, we're settled. We'd like to start trying. Um, We were where we were at the time. I had a really hard time finding a doctor who understood PCOS, who understood, because that's what I have, who understood PCOS, who understood how to treat it and would actually work with me without just putting me on birth control or something, you know, some other medication. Um, So when we moved out of that state and down to where we are now in South Carolina, I finally um, 
I hadn't had actually got off of birth control this, you know, that second year of marriage. And then we started trying and nothing happened. Um, and I actually was not having a cycle at that time. Um, something clicked in my body and I started having a period, but I literally bled for about two and a half years until I finally could get in with a great doctor that I have now. Um, and she realized that I had, um, fibroids and that was right around the time that COVID hit. And so my surgery kept getting pushed, pushed and pushed. And finally, about a year and a half ago, I finally had surgery to remove the fibroids, remove the endometriosis. She did a um, chromotubation. So she made sure my fallopian tubes were open and everything. It was kind of like a reset for my body. So now um, I've been with that doctor for about four years now. Now I am on my currently 12th round, about to start my 12th round of Clomid this month. Um, and I'm on progesterone towards the end of my cycle to prompt me to have a period. So that's where I'm at. I feel like I'm kind of stuck. I feel like, you know, I'm 34 years old. I feel like I'm running out of time. And, and I know that's not necessarily true. There's other options out there, but you know, financially it's expensive, whether you adopt IVF and fertility treatments, it's all expensive. And so I just feel like I'm running out of time and I feel like there's something missing. <laughs> like, I'm like, what am I not getting here? What are we not figuring out? That's where I'm at right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, you're not running out of time. Uh, 34, <laughs> in my opinion, is a spring chicken. Um, but I know it could just feel like a lifetime right now, right? The journey yeah. just feels yeah. really long, really heavy. Um, so I totally understand that. And I know society doesn't do a very good job reassuring us that time isn't running out. <laughs> um, yeah. Have you has the doctor ever kind of diagnosed you with high estrogen? So yes, that was, she, she, when she, you know, once we went through and found out that I had fibroids, she knew that I had high estrogen, but the only thing that I'd been put on, you know, medication wise from her, she did try metformin. I could not handle metformin at all. Mm -hmm. um, and she wants me to take metformin and Clomid together, but I just can't do it. Um, I, I, you know, I work full time. I can't spend half of my day in the restroom at the office, you know, I have work to do. Yeah. So she knew I had high estrogen, but never really, I mean, not passed it off, but she said, that's the reason for the fibroid then kind of just moved on. And, you know, we went into the surgery. So nothing's really been said since then. And I haven't had blood work done in a long time, actually in quite a few years. Yeah. So really what, you know, holistic functional fertility does <laughs> is get down to why you're having high estrogen. Mm -hmm right? It's pretty mm -hmm. obvious with the heavy bleeding, uh, the diagnosis of PCOS, fibroids. Um, this is a big estrogen dominance issue. Um, the medication that she is using, yes, it can be helpful. As far as I'm concerned, mm -hmm. it's like a band-aid, just like uh, birth control. Sure. So you probably never got yeah. down to the root cause of why you're having that estrogen issues in the first place. And yeah, so if you're not addressing the root cause of it, then nothing's going to improve, right? You're mm -hmm. going to walk the same yeah. path using the different medications that might work and might not work type of thing. Sure. Yeah. Um, um, so that is probably where we need to focus the most. Um mm -hmm. What other kind of um, health issues would you say are, you know, 
top three that are just annoying to you, right? They might not be ending you up in hospital, but they are on your mind or maybe affect your life day to day. Do you have anything like that going on? Um, nothing severe. I am, I mean, if you could look at the BMI scale, I am like morbidly obese. I am about five foot two and about 245 pounds. That's where I'm at right now. Um, and I've, I've always been heavy since I was a kid. And so I know that losing weight will help. And PCOS, I feel like it's like an endless cycle of, you know, you need to lose weight and you can't lose weight because you have insulin resistance and insulin resistance causes the weight gain. I just feel like it's an endless cycle. Um, so my, my weight is definitely an issue that will cause other issues down the road. Um, other than that, I don't have any other severe or, you know, on a daily basis, any, any issues that I can think of that affect my daily life. I feel like if I had, if I lose weight, um, that that would resolve the issues that would help with, you know, my, my energy levels that would help with my stress levels that would help with a whole bunch of other things that I, you know, that are on my mind, you know, that stress is definitely something I think we all face, um, in different aspects of life, you know, whether it be from work or family or whatever it may be. Um, and I definitely feel those pressures. So I think, you know, obesity, stress, that's my, my main thing and anxiety. Those kind of all go hand in hand, but yeah, those yeah. are my, my main things that aren't necessarily physical. I mean, they result in physical aspects, but those are ones that really affect me on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Okay. So two things there. Um, one, uh, in my personal opinion, weight is just a way that you are genetically prone to physically show inflammation, right? Okay. So yeah. um, obviously you have a hormone imbalance. So mm -hmm. um, that's like hugely connected to, to weight. And um, it's just because of your genetics that you express it, right? So there's okay. lots of skinny people out there with hormone <laughs> imbalances, like, sure. like myself that wasn't showing up like, oh, mm -hmm. there's an issue here because you're overweight. So it's just really mm -hmm. that high inflammation. So with your PCOS, you would definitely say that you're, and the type of PCOS you had have would be insulin resistant, right? Yes. Yeah. Resistant. I have the, the, what is it? The, I have the dark patches on the back of my neck and under my arms and, um, you know, I'll feel those, those highs and lows of if I have too much sugar or not enough sugar or, you know, whatever, if I don't eat some protein, if I have, you know, if I have an apple, I try to eat some peanut butter with it or something like that. And I notice I, I feel different for sure. Um, I've never been tested for diabetes. I know that the last time I had my blood work done, my triglycerides were a little high and my A1C was a little elevated, but not enough for to be on medication, thankfully. Um, so that I, I, do realize that insulin resistance is something that I struggle with for sure. Yeah. Um, and on your form that you filled in, um, what hasn't worked, it, it seems like you've tried a lot of diets. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's so hard to keep up with, I feel like on a daily basis and honestly, you know, finances, I think we're all facing that and finances and food prices and um, everything is escalating, but except for our salaries, you know, <laughs> so yeah. that's something that I'm trying to, and it's just my husband and I, but 
I'm trying to feed him, which he has some health issues as well, and and trying to also balance the budget as well with that. So sometimes I feel like, you know, with our busy lifestyle, quick and easy is best for time management, but not best for our waistline and our health for sure. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Um, and have you played around with discovering food intolerances, you know, cause there is a difference of like doing a diet to do a diet because mm-hmm. someone says it's healthy for you to really hone in on what foods are making you feel not good. Could you like mm-hmm. positively say like, okay, yeah, I know I'm intolerant to X, Y, and Z. Not positively. Um, I do know I do not handle like certain types of dairy well. Mm-hmm. Um, so like hard cheeses and stuff like that don't bother me as much. Like I don't get the runny nose and um, that kind of stuff. I And I don't know about gluten necessarily. I know that I do have redness on my skin. Like I don't know if it's considered rosacea necessarily, but I do have um, a, a very reddish tone to my face. And I think that has a lot to do with inflammation from whatever it is. I don't know if it's legumes or, you know, gluten or dairy or what it is. And I've never gone completely dairy or gluten free. Um, I I think I would be easier with the dairy than the gluten personally, but I have not messed around with food intolerances seriously enough to know what I can and can't have or what I should and shouldn't have. Okay. Can I ask you why? No, no, I was going to say probably just the discipline of it. Mm -hmm. And I feel and maybe I'm completely wrong. I probably am, but I feel like with, when you go gluten and dairy intolerant, you know, with cutting those things out or cutting out particular food groups or whatever, I don't know. I just feel so limited. And I think that's, it's a discipline issue on my end. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, at least you, at least you're honest with yourself and you know, you know, that's the kind of first step. Um, Okay. So with this, it's, this is the key to diet like hands down, right? Mm-hmm. And the key to your success is consistency. Yeah. So what I say um, in the group program or with my one to one coaching or on my podcasts, I say it everywhere, is that you got to start where you're at. So okay. if it is the discipline, and let's say, you know, recommendation, elimination diet, you start with the top five food intolerances, gluten, dairy, corn, soy, and super high sugar. If you look at that and you feel so overwhelmed, you don't do that. That's too much for you, right? Mm -hmm. You got to look at it and go, okay, which one am I going to commit to for 30 days? And that's the only one I'm going to hyper-focus on, right? Okay. Um, Mm -hmm. Lock in, sweetheart, mommy's doing work. Okay, please, please, sorry. <laughs> please leave. Okay, good listening ears for mama. Go get Uncle Dwight. I need more, more, um, okay, okay, go, Bubba. Perfect. Um, sorry about that. <laughs> You're fine. <laughs> um, so that's where you need to personally start, right? Okay. Mm-hmm. And yeah. start building from there and gain your confidence and see your small wins. So within the program, within the uh, four-week meal plan, we have um, a goal sheet. So pregnancy mm-hmm. is our ultimate goal. But for yeah. many of us, I would say most of us here, 
we got to start by looking at the redness in our skin going away, easily losing Mm -hmm. weight, right? Everyone Mm -hmm. that I've worked with that has dropped their inflammatory foods loses weight without hesitation, without trying to do it. Okay. That weight is just a sign of inflammation um, or stress or trauma. You know, the whole like go to the gym and work really hard calories in calories out is complete bullshit. Mm -hmm. So um, you got to really focus on those goals that you want to see those food intolerances improving. And then, you know, it's working. Right. Because diet sometimes if you're just looking, oh, I didn't get pregnant on that diet. There's many reasons why not, but you're not, you know, you're just hyper-focusing on that ultimate goal. Mm-hmm. So, so for you, it's definitely important to start with just one thing that you can commit to. And then the other thing I talk about is the mindset. Mm-hmm. So if you keep telling yourself, this is too restrictive, I can't do it, you will prove yourself right. So when you come up to a challenge like this, you kind of just have to lie to yourself. (laughs) It's just like purely lie to yourself of like, this is really easy for me. I'm super committed. Um, You know, I'm just going to keep going at this. And if you fail, meaning if you have a day that you have something that you said you weren't going to have, you don't beat yourself up over it. The next day, you just get up and you start again. And you're like, okay, consistency over perfection. Yeah, but I I have a hard time with that because I'm very much like, if I mess up, that's it. And I need to get over that. (laughs) Yeah, because you're not messing up. Like what people don't understand is that the food, the drink, the clothes, the iPhones, like these are all heavily addictive stuff to us. And for- especially the food, it's comfort, or it reminds us of our childhood, or it's just a habit that we've had our whole lives. So it's not, there's, there's no one in the world who has started something new and just clicked instantly, right? You've you've taken some step back and then you take steps forward and then you go way back and then you go way forward, but it's about keeping going. And just not making it this huge mountain and just giving yourself a little hill to climb one step out of a time. Um, But with your high, your insulin resistance, this is going to be one of the top things for you. And to be honest, I think, I, I think food is the top thing. One of the top things for almost everyone, right? You cannot sit on the couch and eat McDonald's and mindset your way out of any situation. I don't care what the yeah. gurus say. <laughs> like, it doesn't happen. Theory. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're human beings having a human experience and we have to play the human game. And one of those is keeping our bodies are our temples. And so mm-hmm. we want to be consistently giving it the right things and then partaking in a little bit of indulgence here and there. Um, but during the healing phase, you know, what I call the healing phase, it is the more you're consistent, the faster your body has to heal, the more, the more resources 
it has to heal your body because it's not fighting off the inflammation. Your body will always fight before it can heal because it has to fight to keep you alive. Mm -hmm. Right? So when Mm -hmm. we're in healing mode, the more you can stay away from those things, just the more your body is able to start doing the things you want it to do. You know, just think of like a, a scab on your arm. If you keep picking at it, it's, it's always going to heal, but it's going to take longer to heal. Yeah. Unless you leave it alone, give it the ointment that you need, give it the care that you need. Um, and you got to remember it takes time. You know, we've had decades of abusing our bodies, not knowing what we were doing. And then it's not going to be this light switch like, oh, this diet's going to fix me in a month. It just unfortunately doesn't work that way when people like us have some deep rooted issues um, in our bodies. Yeah. Um, it's been a long time and I'm just, I'm, I need to change. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I always say like, when you're done with your own BS, that's when people start making changes, right? Like yeah. you maybe knew this stuff five years ago, but you know, you just keep waddling along and like, okay, I can do this. And all of a sudden you're like, all right, I'm so done. I'm just ready to really make big changes in my life. Yeah. That's, that's where I'm at at this point. Yeah. Um, so that's where I would start with the diet. Just start where you're at, what you really truly feel that you can commit to and build from there. You know, there's, people out there that will be listening to this and be like, okay, that's it. I'm going to fully commit. I know I had an autoimmune issue. I'm going to go full-blown autoimmune paleo. And that's where they're at. But, um, you know, just start where you're at. But definitely with the inflammation going on, have a look at those top food intolerances and just get real, real with yourself and go, okay, what's the number one? what's really causing the issues and just go, okay, that one's going away for 30 days. And after 30 days, it should be pretty obvious that there's been some improvements there. Sure. Um, I would say with PCOS and when it comes down to gluten and dairy, um, I personally believe uh, there's two tiers to this. Um, It's not only the gluten and the dairy but it's all the crap that's in those products as well mm, yeah. Um, that are really contributing to the issues. Um, so it could even be a step forward. And I know finances are tight and I know all the organic stuff is more expensive. Um, it depends on where you're at. Like if you desperately need this milk in the morning for your tea or your coffee or whatever, then can we shift it to something that's not going to have the hormones and the chemicals in it. Um, yeah. So do you feel like you can relate to that? Is that something that you can bring into your life? Yeah, I think that that I, I could be able to do, like you said, just one of those things and start slow. And I feel like that I, I don't want to say I set myself up for failure, but like you said, some people have the commitment and the dedication to go full blown on whatever paleo autoimmune whatever whereas me I just don't have the capability to do that yeah um 
And so the other thing that I was going to say about this is, and I already touched a little bit on it, it is the mindset piece. Mm -hmm. And um, I'm pretty honest with everyone. I, if you listen to the podcast, you'll know this. Yes. And this is, this is only because I want to help you get to where you want to go quicker. Mm-hmm. And the sooner you can understand that it actually all comes down to self-love and self-worth, you can start working on those areas to now be able to stick to the physical commitments that you know will work for you. And this was a big thing I had to go through of like, what is, um, what is my issue? Why can I not have a glass of wine, right? Like alcohol was my thing, that just the hardest thing I had to give up. And mm-hmm. it was a big smack in the face. Like, well, there's a part of self-love. You don't love yourself enough to keep to these things. And then there's a part of self-worth. Am I worthy of being a mom? Am I worthy of this? Am I worthy of having these things that I want in my life? And the truth of the matter for me is I didn't, I didn't love myself as as much as I absolutely should. And I didn't feel worthy of these things. So because I had those limiting beliefs about myself, I just didn't stick to the the physical commitments that I needed to make. Does that make sense? Yeah, the self-worth part, for sure. Yeah, and um, I'm just getting the massive chills all up and down my body. Um, and I, I would go out on a limb and I just, in my community and my clients, I would say like 95% of us feel that way, right? Like I've literally had maybe one or two clients that have the self-worth and the self-love and it's literally just been, they they didn't know that they had SIBO or they didn't know that they needed to improve this physical aspect. And we figured that out and boom, they were pregnant, right? The rest, like the rest of us, like have that journey to go on and explore those things because that is the missing piece for most people. And once you start connecting on that level, um, so much opens up right? And you're able to really tackle some of these big issues. Because what also what I also believe um, is that for many of us who have fertility issues, um, we weren't born infertile, right? We might have had the um, genetic setup to develop PCOS, endometriosis, autoimmune issues. Um, But really what made all those things express was the mental and emotional upbringing that we had, our childhood experiences, and then obviously all the toxins and shit that we've been exposed to. But um And that's like why in the course and when I work with clients, we do talk a lot about the past. It's like, how did we get here? Because we weren't born this way. And once we kind of know or start to be honest of like, okay, you know, this situation in my past actually really triggered me to put up defenses or that made me lose my self-esteem or not getting the love I need in this situation just made me feel unlovable. Um, So does that resonate? Does that make sense? I'm sitting here in tears. So yeah, all of it. Every bit. 
I'm so sorry. I wish I could give you a big hug right now. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you're not alone. Like you, you are not the only person that feels this way. Um, like I said, I think a large majority of us do, whether, you know, we can, you know, I was always the outgoing one, right? Like you would have never thought that I was insecure or never thought that I didn't love myself or never thought I felt worthy. Like I hit it really well, but, um, yeah. Um, yeah, I had a pretty like tumultuous childhood. So, um, it, you know, I never heard you're worth it or anything like that. And I really struggle with that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so many people can relate to that. Um, so that would be the next thing that I would suggest for you is really finding that space that you can start exploring these emotions um, and ways that you can start changing them. Because the good news is, is that you can change these beliefs and these feelings around these situations um, and start really healing inside of you. You know, really, I mean, for a lack of a better term, start healing that inner child, right? Yeah. Because <laughs> that's who's hurting right now. Yeah. Um, so there's lots of modalities. Um, what kind of things right now are you using in your life to just deal with stressors? Um, food is obviously one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just, it, like you said, it's just a comfort. It's I'm stressed, I'm on the run, whatever, you know, grab fast food, which has been detrimental to us, both of us, my husband and I, but, you know, just just busyness of life has caused us just to reach out to processed foods, fast foods, et cetera. Um, so food is definitely one thing I go to to stress. Um, I don't, other than that, dealing with stress, I, you know, I get anxious, I get frustrated, or um, I wish I could sleep it off, <laughs> but I don't sleep either. That's another thing with PCOS. I just don't sleep. I wake up middle of the night, can't stay asleep kind of thing. So um, I wish I knew how to better deal with my stress um, other than taking it out on food or other people or whatever, you know, it might be. So that's what I have. I would love to um, like go to the gym, kickbox or something like that. And I haven't been able to do that, but (laughs) I feel like that might help some of my aggression, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, like within the course, and I'm going to write you up some show notes. That's like all discovery calls, whether they're podcast or paid discovery calls, I give you, you know, I don't say brief, like they're not, they're not brief emails, but um, yeah, some pointers, but um, that's one of the things that we talk about is the body keeps score. So all that built up emotions through all 34 years of your life, and then adding the infertility and then adding the day-to-day stresses stores inside your body. And that is definitely contributing to the inflammation. So it's finding ways to release that whether it's like just getting your pillow and smacking the shit out of it uh screaming (laughs) into your pillow there's a great um link she's called um 
oh god I can't it's something witch witchy workout or something and she shows you how to like move your hips and get that like stored energy because for a lot of women that's where we store things is in our hips yeah um there's um yeah lots of anxiety tips about um you know putting an ice pack on your chest and cooling Mm -hmm. down that area so like when you're lying in bed and having an anxiety attacks like I used to have them and just not like even know I think it was like 18 19 20 having these crazy anxiety attacks and going like what the fuck um but yeah like now all the tricks that we know um to use so just putting an ice pack on your chest to just really calm you down breath work is one of the most unused thing in healing out there and it's really easy to do you know when you're at work and it's the lack of oxygen that um, gets you enraged so even just stepping back after a confrontation or something that pisses you off and taking three long deep heavy breaths can literally change that situation from like top 100 fire moments down to like (laughs) 40 percent right yeah and the more you do these things and the more things that you start to really connect with because right there's like a hundred things you can do out there and sometimes you got to try them all to find what works for you (laughs) but it just goes back to that consistency thing right so a lot of people are like okay we'll do meditation well there's a lot of type a people out there that just cannot get there quick enough to the state where meditation will help you or really start seeing the benefits. So they give up on it, but there's walking meditation. There's movement meditation. That's what yoga, like yoga is a great way. Yoga is really not for the body. It's for the mind. So it's really finding those things that you can bring into your life easily. And then when you start seeing those benefits and you just kind there, I don't, I don't know what it is. It's just kind of like a switch. Then you're like, okay, this is really working. I'm actually going to make it a priority in my life. And there's, I'm scheduling it into my schedule. I'm just going to make it happen twice a week, this modality, right? Yeah. Um, so those are really, really important to start bringing into your life. And this is where, you know, our doctors are failing and not because they're not smart enough or whatever they're just not trained in this they haven't really seen the scientific backing that this is where we need to focus we need to get you um like say your infertility is out of 20 we need to get you down to like a 10 to even start Mm -hmm. talking about medical assistance because when you're so high that medical assistance for a lot of us isn't going to do anything Because we have low egg quality due to all the inflammation. Our hormones are completely out of whack. So they're not going to, um, you know, help us have healthy uterine lining and maintain a pregnancy. And then if you're able to really bypass all those things with maybe even more medication, you're literally setting yourself up for a really hard pregnancy. And what we're doing to our children's health because of that is really the big epidemic, right? Yeah. We're not yeah. we're not able to forward think that far of like, hey, your body is literally telling you that it cannot grow another human being. It's barely keeping you alive. 
So we want to get to a point where your body's like, yes, I can do that. Okay, maybe I need a little assistance, but I can do it now. And we're going to be happier and healthier because of it. And even though nothing's set in stone, you'll hopefully we're creating happier and healthier babies too. Well, and that's my, that's another thought that's been in my head. It's like, I want to get this stuff down. I want it to become a habit. I want it to become practice, whether that be, you know, eating properly or eating what's right for me, mindfulness and, and, you know, lack of stress and things like that. And, and teaching my children those things mm-hmm. because children pick up so much more by example, rather than by what you tell them, you know, do as I say, not as I do doesn't always work. So I want my kids to pick up on those things that you need to move your body. You need to eat your vegetables. You need, you know, that kind of thing. So I can put those practices in place. So maybe one day, if I have a little girl, you know, she won't have to deal with all of this or she'll be healthier enough and healthy and, you know, to handle it. Yep. Yep. A hundred percent. I mean, that's the mission, right? Like, um, the two pink lines and the beautiful babies is the ultimate goal. But to get there, I feel like we need to start creating conscious mamas because we don't want our children to deal with the things that we are dealing with. And what the IVF industry and the medical industry don't understand is that if you keep pushing women to do this, you're literally going to get down three generations and those medical assistants won't even work because they won't mm. even have sperm or eggs to, to do, to, you know, put together anymore. Um, so you're right. You're absolutely right. And right on track of why you're doing this. It's a big why, right. And not a lot of people yeah. get there because it's, it's a huge thing to think of, you know, your unborn children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren, you're literally, you know, how they're saying now breaking all that you know generational trauma mm-hmm. yeah yeah I don't want that for my kids <laughs> yeah absolutely um so yeah I mean that's the two big places and they're big <laughs> you know it sounds yeah. simple but um they are going to take some commitment for you um and for everyone out there listening right um I know people make it look easy and I know sometimes you can maybe even look at me and be like wow you did it but it wasn't easy right it it wasn't easy um in the sense that I just had to consistently show up and mm-hmm. I got better and it got easier and then it got easier and then like I fell back <laughs> and then yeah you know I had ups and downs. I still had miscarriages. I still had, you know, failed IVFs. Um, It wasn't like I switched everything up and everything just became perfect. It it didn't happen that way. Um, But what I say with everything. I think that's where my expectations lie too. I'm sorry. I I think that's where my expectations lie is that if I fix it, it'll all be great. and Everything will be perfect for the rest of my life. And that's not the case. And it's not. And I don't know who's selling that lie out there because I know it's being (laughs) sold. I know it's being sold. Just do this course or just do that. Um, Mm -hmm. And maybe that's where my marketing's off. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Um, But I have to be truthful, right? Like, um, I mean, I do have a pretty high success rate, but I would say the reason I have a high success rate is because the women who come to me are just ready. They're ready Mm -hmm. to commit. And, um, yeah, it, it, but it's going to be work. There's, there's no quick fix here. 
And um, I'm happy for those people who think they did A, B, and C and got the quick fix. Um, but people like myself and maybe like you who have some deep-rooted issues, you know, there's going to be big steps and they're going to be worth it in so many different other ways. I don't know if you've heard me say this before, but I can hand on heart say that if I got pregnant at 27 when we first started, I would have been a divorced single mom because I mm. didn't have my mental and emotional health set up enough yeah. to handle motherhood. Yeah. Because no one can compare, like prepare you for um, how demanding it is and then mm-hmm. um, how your kids trigger your insecurities that you didn't even know were there right um yeah you know just for example my second son who came in he's a spit of my family and his crying sent me places I had never been before and luckily I had the awareness of like okay something's going on inside of me and with Mm -hmm. exploration I found that it was actually the anger and the frustration that my parents had when I cried that was put inside of me And now I was expressing that towards him. And so I had to go in and heal all that inner work. And now when he's crying over not being able to have a cookie at, you know, like 7 a.m., I don't flare up, right? I understand. And it doesn't trigger me the way it used to. And by learning that, I stopped that generational trauma of putting that BS on him that was put on my parents and put on their parents, you know, go back, back. So um, it's a big task our generation is being asked to do. Not only are we dealing with the physical elements of healing, but a lot of mental and emotional healing too, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 Did you have any other questions for me that you would like to talk about? Um, nothing, honestly, that I can think of, which is terrible because I feel like I should have questions. I'm more absorbing it and processing just the advice and the, the different things to focus on and um, actually writing down a list of things that I need to work on, just things that, you know, even are on my own mind of what's going on in our life currently and things that I've been dealing with and life is just crazy sometimes and um, I don't know where to head with it. So you've definitely helped me out trying to get my focus narrowed and in a right direction because before, I mean, and still I'm just really struggling with just life and, you know, family and everything we talk about fertility treatments and stuff. It's just, it wears on you and I have, I have to figure out how to deal with it. Mm -hmm. So I appreciate your help and just the guidance too. Yeah. My pleasure. Um, so a big thing I would say with this is that you have a lot going on and Mm -hmm. something you might need to work on is giving your, yourself permission to stop medical treatment for fertility. I know that's a huge ask. (laughs) Yeah. And that's something you personally have to go inward with. And I'll actually send you a link, uh, with a, meditation I talk about following your intuition um this is a huge huge part of where I would say a hundred percent of people need to go because sometimes we go to experts doctors to get the answers right we just want you to tell me what to do and I'll do it 
where yeah. a lot of the time we actually need to step back and listen to ourselves. And yeah. that can be really hard to do if you're not in tuned with yourself or you're yeah. too heavily focused on, on the out, outside factors, right? The societal factors. Um, yeah. And I've actually had a client who um, was mid-round IVF and everything was going to shit. And I mean everything. Uh, money, time, travel, you know, all that, just nothing was aligning. And she called and she's like, should I stick with it? And I was like, that is something I cannot tell you to do. I know what you should do, but I'm not going to tell you because you need to go in to yourself and ask these questions. And my best advice is to take away all the external factors, the money, the time, your age, well, we've already started this, all of those, if those all went away, would you be doing what you're doing right now? And I think for a lot of people, they would probably say, no, I wouldn't do it. So with everything that's going on, and even just the two huge things that we kind of pinpointed that you need to do, think about like, okay, can I dedicate six months? And I know six months sounds like a really long time when you're trying to conceive, but that's probably the bare minimum most people need to really readjust and heal and be able to go into a medical situation with a lot more confidence and your body Mm -hmm. being able to handle that medical treatment. Because you said you're on round 12. Yeah, I've done a year's worth of Clomid. Yeah. Um, and honestly, I have, I have a doctor's appointment with my doctor next week. So I, I do, an, I have a day 14 ultrasound every month and I go see her every three months as a follow-up. She looks at my BBT charts and all that kind of stuff. And um, I honestly, the last time I went three months ago, I wanted to ask her, where is this going? When does this end? What is yeah. If, if this doesn't work, what is the next step? Like, what do I do? Because I'm just like, it's not working. For exactly. me, it's not working. Yeah. And for yeah. a lot of people, I mean, I don't know if you've listened to the podcast discovery calls that I've done. I mean, I would say over half of them, um, it was just medical treatment after medical treatment after medical treatment, right? And from my yeah. point of view, from a holistic functional point of view, you're literally doing your body more damage than good. Mm-hmm your success rates aren't going to go up because now your body is dealing with all the medication, all the mental and emotional stress of it not working and just compiling onto what wasn't working in the first place, what was out of sync, what wasn't, you know, um, and especially for women over their forties, when they're told, well, you should have done IVF two years ago. Uh, because yeah. your aid quality and I'm sat there going, no, it's your cellular health. You can literally improve that no matter what your age is. So if you're still mm-hmm. a cycling female with eggs inside of you, the focus is to improve that cellular health before going into these medical treatments and not rushing it. Sure. Yeah. Um, so I would play around with that too. Um, yeah. Uh let me just write this down for your notes. Um, giving yourself permi- permission. And it is a lot of surrender, 
which is hard, super hard, Um, and trust. Um, I can confidently say to you at 34, time is on your side, right? If you were 44, we would be having a different conversation. If you were 54, very different conversation. (laughs) But at 34, I have no qualms saying to you, even if you took a whole year off and just focus on you and your health and your mental, emotional and your husband's health and your relationship. And I just got the huge chill. So when I get huge chills, you know, I'm right. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Yeah. You would, you'll look back and go, wow. Right. Like how was I so infertile from 27 to 33 and then get pregnant naturally at 36? If it's a, if it's an age game, it doesn't make sense. So just have, you know, start putting that confidence in yourself. I know, like, I never say people just, just believe it. You know, it's something you got to work on. It's something that you got to really, you know, start connecting with and gaining that confidence. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. Um, But yeah, like I said, I'm going to write you up some show notes and um, give you some links on where to look and uh, what to do. Um, obviously for anyone listening, uh, these podcasts are, um, for total inspiration. And if you're on the email list, you have opportunities to get on the free, but if you're like, wow, this is worth (laughs) the money, um, there's, uh, links in the show notes, but yeah, I think there's so much improvement for you and so many places that you can go to just maximize your situation in so many different ways. And just really start holding on to that hope. And I think your life will just dramatic, dramatically change. Well, you've definitely given me a glimmer of hope when I was running out of it, for Aww. sure. <laughs> I was, I've been, I've been struggling. So, yeah, well, yeah. I, I get it, you know, years of the same old, um, absolutely, absolutely. I can totally understand. And don't beat yourself up over that, right? Like, how are you supposed to hold on to hope when no one's getting you anywhere to, like, to look new? And this is what it's all about is like thinking outside of the box. You've done all the medical yeah. stuff. It's time to look, time to switch over here and start seeing the things that you have control over too, right? Like, all the stuff that we've talked about and what I'll suggest, you don't need a medical doctor. You don't need to show up to an appointment. Like you literally can create this in your life to make it work for you. The only thing is, is that you're accountable. It's your accountability that you have to live up to. And that's the hard part for people is like, they need that accountability. Um, and sometimes I'll be honest, that's why people do one-to-one with me. It's not that they're Mm -hmm. not smart enough to do this on their own. They literally need the accountability that they've paid someone that much money and that they're going to do the things that they know they need to do because that investment, I need to push. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that's why I created the online course too, because I know that not everyone can afford one-to-one. I totally get that. So I do want to make an affordable thing, but you still have that commitment. Like, okay, I've got to show up for myself because I am paying this monthly fee or I paid for the full open course. I'm going to show up every day uh, for myself. Um, 
so yeah. And if you're that person, be aware that you're in per- that person. And that if you mm-hmm. make that investment, that you're going to do the things you're going to do because you're, you know, $99 a month might be really tight for people. So it's like, okay, I'm going to make this investment worth it. So I am going to do the things that we're talking about. And the other thing that I would say about community is um, you're not alone, right? So when we are doing this alone, um, you don't have anyone to bounce these things off of, right? Like just having this simple conversation together has opened up, you know, brand new boxes to explore. And when you're just reading blogs or podcasts or things like that, sometimes it's just not enough to find those missing pieces. And so when you get into a group coaching program or do one-to-one coaching or find a community of people who are at your level of commitment, I really feel like that's a game changer for people. Um, I know it was for me um, because I did a lot on my own, (laughs) a lot. And it, it gets lonely right? It does get lonely. Infertility is very lonely. Yeah. Yeah. And especially when you don't have the support around you of the family, the friends, and the doctors who are looking at you like, you're crazy. Like what you're doing (laughs) right now makes no sense. That doesn't add up. I mean, even my own mom thought I went off the rocker, right? (laughs) And, um, it takes a really strong person to just be like, I don't care what you say. This is what I'm doing. And I'm, I'm just going to go for it. I had no evidence. There was no one at the time like me saying that this was possible. And I was just like, I have nothing left. I have nothing left. The medical system has left me with nothing but, you know, mm-hmm. failed IVFs. So yeah, I've just got to go to Looney Town and ironically it worked (laughs) you know so um it's just really important to you know they say you are the top five people you hang out with so it does make the journey a little bit easier when you are surrounded by people who are either going through the same thing and understand you or people who have been through the same thing and understand you for sure and for me, like speaking out about infertility and PCOS, it's almost like embarrassing because honestly, my uterus is nobody's business. Just that's just my opinion. My uterus is nobody's business. And I've had older people, you know, my husband is in ministry and I've had older people. So when are you going to have a kid? I'm like, you're 83. When you pop one out, I'll have one. Okay. Let's just leave it at that. And that's how I have to answer things. I'm like, it's really none of your business, mm-hmm. but I'm trying to change that mindset as well, because I feel like if I don't speak out about it or, you know, am vocal about it, I'm secluding myself even more. And I don't want to do that. I'm not saying all my friends, like I have to have all friends who are dealing with the same thing I'm, I am, because that's not true. But I, I, I have had friends that have, you know, dealt with infertility in the past and most of them have conceived for one reason or other. But I feel like there's just like little old me that's still waiting for my time. And so I'm trying to be more vocal about it and trying to can make connections with people. And I feel like that has helped. I need to push myself even a little bit more in that area. Yeah. And it's not like you have to like go out and tell your whole story to everyone that's yeah. listening, 
but it is changing. Like the one thing I did was I started saying when I get pregnant, not if I get pregnant. Mm -hmm. And um, when people ask you just, um, so your husband's in ministry, so you're, you're, you're religious and believe in God. Correct. Yeah. So you can say, um, in God's timing, I'll have my children. Right. Yeah. And it, yeah, it shuts absolutely. them up and, 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 and it's true. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like I have, have I have no yourself. physical control. I can't say on this date, I'm going to have a baby or I'm going to get pregnant. I, I don't have that control. He does. I don't. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, so you start speaking that language out and what that scientifically does and spiritually because it's both linked is that it starts telling your subconscious mind your higher self god that this is what i really want in my life and this is what i'm expressing and it basically gets drawn to you you're like okay oh you're ready for it you know like whether you believe in angels the universe god spirits whatever they're listening to you Right. And if you keep telling them like, oh, I can't do this or I'm not worthy enough. I don't love myself or all these things. They're like, okay, well, that's where you're at right now. So we can't really, you know, give you what you want. Right. When you start changing that vibration up and that language up, they're like, oh, okay, you're ready. Let's go. I've got this beautiful baby for you. Right. Um, And here's the self-love and here's the self-worth and. I have a friend, and this is going to be really woo-woo, and I'm not sure this is your cup of tea, but um, <laughs> who um, connects with spirit babies. And okay. yeah. I asked her the other day, I said, what happens when a mother, a potential mother comes and that spirit baby doesn't come? And she's like, that's when I know they're not ready that they do have to do a lot of more physical, mental, and emotional things to get that vibration. Cause she says the spirit babies are connected to that vibration. Mm. And I was like, God, that's so interesting. Really interesting. And then people go, Oh, what about the crackhead on the side of the street that, you know, obviously doesn't want a baby, doesn't need a baby, isn't spiritually aligned to have a baby. And she said, well, everyone's on their own journey. Right. So sometimes yeah. that spirit baby comes to teach a lesson or whatnot. Maybe our spirit babies aren't coming to us because we're not ready to receive the lesson that that baby's here to help us with. And um, yeah. I know that I could really relate to this. And like I already said to you, that if I had my children early on, it would have been really hard for all the parties involved. So I did God, the universe, whatever it was, knew I needed time (laughs) to work my shit out to then really have what I really wanted, right? Like a happy, healthy family. I just didn't want to get pregnant. I wanted this. And until I aligned with that. um, So yeah, that would be another really good thing for you to do is just watch the way you think and watch the way you speak. And go okay where can I switch that up um, yeah that's interesting that's definitely something to work toward yeah 
And the crazy thing, like everything we've talked about is all in the course too. Like there's things in the course that you're like, how does this help me get and stay pregnant? It's like, it's all related. And some people need to go deep and dig with it. And some people are like, oh, I do that already. But um, yeah, you know, they're just little things that really add up to big, big um, results for sure. Um, but yeah. Well, I really, truly hope that this has been a really productive hour for you and that you have got some amazing things that you can start working um, towards. Yes, definitely. Like I said, I've been writing stuff down and kind of like compartmentalizing things and and just kind of, you know, where I can change in certain areas and what I can work toward. But I really do appreciate you taking your time out as well to just kind of help me work through some stuff for sure. Yeah. Yeah. And like I said, I'm going to give you a good email to give you lots of links to start exploring um, things that you can do. And you'll just have to keep me updated and tell me how you go. Okay. Yeah, that would be awesome. Thank you so, so much. I appreciate it. Yeah, my pleasure. It's totally my pleasure. And have a great day. And we will see you in the universe somewhere. (laughs) That's right. Thank you so much. Bye. If you feel called to discover what you personally need to do and are ready to have an intimate conversation, please go down to the show notes. There's a link there that you can book your own personal discovery call. Also, for your chance to book your own podcast discovery call, I do send out a email to my email subscribers every two months looking for new guests. So if you're not already on the email list, I highly suggest you sign up today. Thank you once again for tuning in to the Finding Fertility podcast. If you're loving this podcast, please leave us a rating and review and let us know how this podcast is supporting you to get steps closer to creating your dream family. I hope you have a beautiful weekend and we will see you next Friday for another episode of the Finding Fertility podcast.